On today's episode of Nutty Buddy Sports, Clinton joins me and we recap week 12 in the NFL season. We talk about Odell Beckham, where he should go. We predict week 13 and then we break down the 49ers versus the Dolphins. That's coming up right here, right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan. On today's episode, we are going to do the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly for week 12 of the NFL. Then we're going to talk a little bit about some predictions that we got right and some that we got wrong um, from our season preview of the NFL. And then we're going to get into uh, week 13 predictions. And to do that with me is Clint. Clint, how's it going, man? I can't complain. Well, I can complain since I just locked my tablet and stuff in the office where <laughs> before we recorded. But outside of that, I can't complain. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I that that's frustrating. But uh, I'm glad you still made it on. So uh, <laughs> I got Clint on because the Dolphins and the 49ers are probably playing like the game of the week this coming week. So we're going to do an in-depth breakdown. And by in-depth, I mean like a vague in depth, like not like super in depth, but in depth enough more than what we normally do here on the podcast. And we're going to talk about that game at, uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, let's see, Clint, anything before we get started with the week uh, 12 recap? I can't think of anything. Okay. Okay. Uh, just so you know, uh, if you listen to our last podcast, Shannon. Uh, mentioned Clint's trash talking <laughs> over text messaging. As you can tell, we are at, we are on good terms right now. So in case you were worried about that, uh, we're, we're still kind of friends. I don't know if he would do it. I texted to him during the day. I was texting him about fantasy football, and he mentioned he was doing a pod tonight. And I was like, oh, you should throw this in here. And then he didn't respond. And I was like, no, you need to do it. And then he's like, I did, I did. <laughs> it wasn't fun because, like, I didn't need that in my life, okay? Um, okay, let's get into it then. Let's start with the grade of week 12. Uh, let's start with you, Clint. What was your grade of week 12? Well, I went I went with the Vikings this time. There's a couple teams that did very good this week. I just went with the Vikings. I thought they would struggle with primetime Kirk Cousins, but against that defense, um, I mean, they put on a pretty good show and Justin Jefferson is unbelievable. Uh, but I didn't, I, I thought that was going to be literally like a, like a 13 to 13 to 10 game or 17, 13. And the Vikings are hit or miss. So I guess when they're on, I'll give them their grade for the week. Yeah, no, that's um, them being. So I guess if next week they win, right. Uh, and a couple more other things happen. I think like the Packers lose or something like that. They win the division. So they could have the NFC North by next week, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, I picked them to win the division, but uh, I didn't pick them to win the division in week 13. So <laughs> that that's fair. I had them in the Packers tying for the division and the Packers winning it. But, um, you know, as far as like record time and, and, and the Packers own the tiebreaker, but that ain't happening either. Uh, my um, I'll go with my grade. Uh, I uh, had uh, Trevor Lawrence as my great um, leading that comeback for the Jaguars against the Ravens. 
uh, he was on point on, on Sunday. Uh, there was a couple passes I want to shout out. I think it was a fourth and eight. He hit like Zay Jones in the, like the, the right side of the field, like corner uh, for 29 yards, which was a beautiful pass. The pass he threw to Marvin Jones in the back of the end zone. Great pass, better catch. Right. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. and then the two point conversion really good. I found out uh, listening um, to another podcast. He talked about it. Trevor Lawrence uh, last two last two weeks, the previous two weeks, ranked number one in PFF among quarterbacks. And this week, the PFF grades aren't out, but I gotta imagine he had a better uh, a week than he did the last two weeks. I, I maybe I don't know. I'm I'm assuming. Uh, so he he looks like he's coming into his own, and he's becoming a great uh, quarterback. Yeah, that was an impressive, especially the fourth quarter of that game. That. The Jaguars, I actually had the Jaguars in the good, so I'll have a, a secondary for that one. But that uh, that fourth quarter, the Jaguars are like on that brink of, they show some flashes and then what, what are they two? They were two and one and then went one and six and then they pull out that game. So as a Jaguar, if you're, if you're a fan of the Jaguars, at least you're seeing signs now that maybe Trevor Lawrence can put it together and, um, you know, have a future. Yeah, and just wait till he gets like some... Not that like Zay Jones or Marvin Jones or Kirk uh, Christian Kirk aren't like good weapons. They're like they're like good, but like wait till he gets some some a little bit more help around him. I mean, yeah. Um, on that note, I, I just want to take another opportunity to apologize to my friend Luke. He was really mad at me the last pod, one of the last podcasts I recorded, where I said that uh, Justin Fields has been doing more to help the Bears win than Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and he did not like that statement. Um, now I, I'm not I'm not going to debate him on it um, because like it's you can't you can't Luke you can't win an argument with you. I'm sorry you just can't. So not worth not worth the discussion. But I would say that um, I just think Fields has less around him than Trevor Lawrence does, and just because like someone. Um, like if if let's say Curry scores fifty points and his team lose, you know loses, he still did something to help his team win. He did more to help his team win than probably most of the team players on the other team, right? So I guess like it's just a matter of perspective because he was saying they both only won three games, so technically they don't do more. It's like no, that's not not the point with his feet and his arms. I don't know. I just thought. It was not that bold of a statement, but I apologize, Luke. Trevor Lawrence is awesome, and he is the greatest quarterback of all time. I would have took Luke's side on that one. I'm not a Justin Fields guy, so. Yeah, so what it was is basically like, would you rather start a franchise with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? And I'm like, I would totally pick Trevor Lawrence, but I feel like the last couple weeks or this season, I can't remember exactly what I said. I was like, I would... (laughs) I would, I think Justin Fields has done more, especially with his legs, to help his team win. And he didn't like that. So, um, Clint, he'll be happier on his side. Yeah. I'll take, I'll, I'll take it this time. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Okay. You ready to move on to, oh, one other grade I'm just going to throw out there real quick. Um, the Jets quarterback, Mike White, um, right? That's his name, Mike White, uh, actually made the, Jets offense look really good, not just competent, but really good. So the benching of Zach Wilson was long overdue. Um, he was not doing good at quarterback. In fact, I think he's 
one or two touchdowns away of tying or going over Zach Wilson's touchdown total for the season. And he, he's only played one game. So uh, good, good for, it hurts me to say it, it pains me to say it, but good for Jets fans for that move by the, the, uh, the Jets and their coaching staff. Oh yeah, for sure. They have what, to do something. Yeah. What did you think when um, Zach Wilson was like, I'm not, I'm not the pro like he was asked, do, do you feel like you let the defense down? And he's like, no. And then he just like, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I think he just he just he buckled under the pressure of like I think he knows <laughs> the defense is carrying that team, and uh, you know, he, he I don't think he's that naive that he can he can look at his box score numbers and be like, all right, we didn't win that game because of my 122 yards passing on a few of those games. So I just think the pressure got in. He just did the guy thing and wanted to seem cool and didn't realize didn't read the room that the other guys are like, I think we have a good team. If we could have someone that, you know, could put 20 points on the board. Yeah. That's the way I felt. I'm like, he's only 21. I think he's like 21 or 20. He's still young. Like, I think he said what he thought he should have said, but then he didn't realize that's not what you should have said. So anyway, okay, man, let's uh, move on to the good. So my backup good would be the Raiders, Mm. the game, you know, and this is this is not I'm not here for the Seahawks slander yet, but the the Raiders game that they maybe they've rounded the corner. I was higher on the Raiders than a lot of people. Well, I don't I don't want to say a lot of people because I think some people picked the Raiders to win the division. But um, I think they have a lot of talent there. They just can't put it together. They can't close out games. But the game they put together Sunday on the road in a hostile place. That was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that that was impressive, especially the way the, the game kind of started out. Um, it kind of looked like the Raiders could have collapsed. Uh, Jacobs was excellent. And then I think Devontae Adams, he had like a one-handed catch, you know, <laughs> like just, just a really all-around good performance offensively. Now, defense needs work. And I'm really wondering where Seattle's defense went because they, you know, that that kind of came a little out of nowhere, but um, yeah, they were never yeah. that good. <laughs> their defense, their defense, they were good against four terrible teams, but otherwise they haven't been good. Well, I wouldn't call uh, the Raiders world beaters though, and um, I also would say like thirty forty points, not good. That's what I mean. Like usually, if you're yeah, you, yeah. you know like thirty four points, that you know Seahawks should have maybe won that, but yeah. Uh, I'll go with my good. Uh, I kind of uh, struggled with this one because, look, um, you could go. I, I went with the Commanders. Uh, somehow they're seven to five. They beat the Falcons. They're right in the playoff w- mix. I don't know how, but um, Robinson, uh, Brian Robinson, or uh, let me look. I just want to get Brian. his name. Brian. Okay, I'm right. Brian Robinson. He he's starting to look. Did you see the way he runs? He is very upright. It, yes. it looks weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he he looks good, and he's coming on, and Antonio Gibson has a role in this offense. And then I, I just feel like this team plays very well for Taylor Heineke, even though Heineke is probably going to lose in the first round of the playoffs if they get there. But uh, yeah, I just think that they deserve a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of recognition for how well they're playing. Because I'll tell you, if you would have told me that Carson Wentz got injured at the beginning of the year, 
I, I thought I think I picked their record to be like seven and nine, but man, they already got seven wins and they look they look good. Not great, they've, but good. They've re- yeah, they've replaced the Giants. Basically, they have Giants. Yeah. It looks like the Giants are tailing when they play them two of the next three weeks. So we'll know for sure. But they've yeah, you know the the shine has come off behind the star a little bit too. After you get a few games of tape on him, like uh, he's got the bravado. You know, he's kind of a gunslinger. Leave it all out there, guys. Like him, type of quarterback. But like you said, you know he's capable of getting hot, put together a couple of good games. But um, with the defenses in the NFC, it's probably if they get in, it's probably one and done. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, another uh, good I'm going to say is uh, Justin Tucker's missed field goal because the entire time while that ball was in the air, I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> Whenever that guy kicks it, you're like, oh, just count it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready to move on to the bad, or you got another good? Yeah, we can go on to the bad. Okay, go ahead. Give me your first bad, Clint. Uh, the Buccaneers. Just because I didn't think they were a great team, but I thought after the last couple of weeks, maybe they turned the corner coming off a of bye week. Cleveland, you should be able to put some points on Cleveland, and then it just... Brady didn't look good. The team didn't have much of a flow. It just, I don't know, it did not. I, I was very disappointed. I thought that Tampa Bay would kind of round into just get to nine or ten wins, you know, cruise to the division. But now, you know, they play the Saints this coming week, which they can never score on the Saints. So that'll probably be another ugly game. But just disappointed that after two wins, you come off the bye week and then you lose to Cleveland in overtime. Terrible coaching decisions is just weird. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so you know, like there's just some coaches I feel like that are coaching in the NFL that are coordinators, and you can kind of tell real quick because the team kind of falls apart. Like uh Dennis Allen to me, who's the Saints coach, he's a coordinator. Um, I think Todd Bowles might just be a coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach. Um, I just I don't you know, uh, my brother, he's a Buccaneers fan. He was kind of complaining about the offensive play calling by Brian Leftwich. But it's like, well, when Bruce Arians was there, like, why wasn't the play calling the problem? So it's got to come down to maybe like the game plan and, and the head coach as well. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. McDaniels, I think he's just a head. Uh, he's an offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach personally. Um there's a couple of them, but yeah, it was, it was disappointing. My, my brother was a little upset because he felt like they should uh, beat the Browns and he thought it should be pretty easily, you know, as a Buccaneers fan. Yeah. Well, I did too. And you know, they, you were talking about Todd Bowles, like there was at the end of the game, I, I believe Tampa, uh, the Browns had the ball and they, they didn't, Tampa didn't call a couple timeouts and Todd Bowles reasoning was, well, just in case Brady throws an interception, which, I don't know if it's actually true. I didn't get a chance to look it up, but I was reading somewhere like he hasn't thrown at the end of a fourth quarter game, regular season at interception in like 12 years. So, you know, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You're like, well, we don't want extra time in case he throws an interception down there. Like then you're just playing to lose. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in my bad, but um, here's some of the points total of just the Buccaneers offense throughout the year, because this kind of shows like a Tom Brady led offense with Mike Evans. I know that not all these guys were healthy throughout the season, but you kind of get the picture like Scotty Miller. You had 
um, Julio Jones is there. You have uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Cameron Bray. I like him. Here's some of the point totals that they've scored. 19, 12, uh, 18, 3, 16, 21, and now 17. That is just not, that offense is just not, not looking good. It so not. Okay, some of my bad. Uh, let's see. I, I got like some pivotal mistakes coaching, whether it was coaching or player mistakes that kind of cost their team. Uh, let's start with the Tennessee Titans on a field goal. Now, obviously, they were they were going to be down seven when the field goal went in, but the um, number ninety two. I can't remember his last name, but he engaged with the center when the center's head wasn't up and then caused the penalty automatic first down game over. So that's one. Uh, um, the Patriots, uh, a lot of uncharacteristic coaching mistakes against the Vikings, uh, all on like most of them on special teams. Um, I would say uh, I, I'm interested to hear your take on the catch or no catch that Hunter Henry had or didn't have uh, that for some reason, the NFL uh, overturned. There's a lot of debate about whether or not that was a catch. So uh, hold that thought though. Uh, but mainly the running into the kicker that uh, led to the seven points, I think to take the lead in that game. Uh, so that was kind of huge. And then the Detroit lions, uh, my, my, uh, they played the bills really good. It was a good Thursday night, but man, though, that last their, their clock management skills is awful. It's it just awful. Like the last two minutes of the game, you're playing, you could tell the entire time, basically they're playing for the field goal, which was, you know, silly. If you're going to beat the bills, just try to score a touchdown. Um, but they played for the field goal the entire time, except that one play they on third and one, when you should just worry about getting the one yard, you throw it deep to Charks and you had him open, but he, he missed to the right um, and behind him. Uh, and, and that would have been a touchdown and you would have won the game if maybe won the game, but I don't, I don't understand why you'd be playing for overtime in that situation. When you're, you're, you're not the bet you're the inferior team. You have the ball, you're moving it very well. And you, I think they left the game with, uh, you know, the, yeah, the game with like two or three timeouts still, they still had like most of their timeouts. I think two. And I just think that's bad. That's bad coaching. It's just, you, you shouldn't do that. And then, you know, they obviously lost the game because of it in, in regular, um, uh, in regulation. Yeah. It, some of the coaching things, like I know, I know it's not as easy as, as it sounds like when we talk about, it or you listen to a podcast, because even if you're watching the game at home, like you don't have 50 guys screaming at you cords, you know, like running around, you're not like right there in the moment, like, you know, thinking of offensive, defensive plays and so on, but it can't be this hard. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, if you're your first year coach and you make the mistake, like, I don't know how you can't just go back. And if you're Dan Campbell, just watch that tape and be like, okay, mental note, these situations, timeout, no timeout. This is what we want to do. This is the kind of play we want to run. And it just, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to call people lazy, but it's just like they just overlook it, and it just happens over and over again. And some of the like the Colts last night, same thing. Like, why are, why are you not calling a timeout? Oh, right. Letting thirty seconds run off, and then you run a draw play, <laughs> or or you know like a, a delayed handoff to Jonathan Taylor for zero yards, and then you you're scrambling and it's fourth and third, and then you use your timeout. Like I I, I don't know. Like 
you think you'd put a little more prep into it? Just mental thought of some of these situations. Yeah. And, and the other thing is like, especially with the Lions thing is like, you know, teams get into this habit of like, okay, we can't allow any time left on the clock. We got to, we want to burn as much time. I get that. But your first priority is put yourself in a position to win the game. That's your first priority. What's what's the best way to win this game in that moment? Let's go up by four, score a touchdown, make them travel the length of the field and score a touchdown. And if you can burn the time as you do that, great. But don't let that be your focus. And I think teams fall into that like, we we can't allow 30 seconds left on the clock. We got, you know, so they can't go down and score a field goal. It's like, I think they overthink these things. It's just like, get get the lead, get the points, go for the win. And if you burn time, great. If not, you got a defense for a reason. Like there's two sides of the ball. Trust your players. And if they don't get, the, get it done, good for them. But, you know, that's the way I kind of feel. But I don't know. I think they overthink it. Yeah, especially with if you're a team like the Lions, like, and I believe that was the game where they there was like 208 left, and then they threw it incomplete, then they ran it to the two minute warning, and then you're third, you're like, you just you blew your opportunity. You should just if you're worried about the clock, run it on first down, get a couple of yards, get to the two minute warning, and then you can, you know, or make them use a timeout. But yeah, I think when when you're a team that is not, if it's the Chiefs and Bills, like, all right, those they can score anywhere some of these high-powered teams great i get it you know they get in the scoring position all right let's run some clock because we can probably score anyhow but if you're the lions like just get the touchdown mm-hmm. like, you know or at least make them burn some timeouts like you probably can't have both and at least you know you're excited you went down on the bill scored a touchdown made, made buffalo come down and score a touchdown on you but um yeah i it's hard to balance both of them, and they did neither. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they didn't right. want to score too soon, uh, but then they didn't do that properly, and then it just compounded down. And you're like, well, you failed both aspects of what you were probably trying to accomplish. Correct. So, like, just make you, you should have a high, like a higher hierarchy of goals, and your first goal is always, hey, if we have more points in them, we're good. And then if they go, it's, that's fine. But then if like, okay, we're in like the red zone. And we got time to burn a little bit of clock. Let's do a run play or whatever. Fine. You know, but like score that touchdown first. Um, sure. What did you think of that? Did you see that Hunter Henry overturned call? What did you think of it? I I thought they should have, it probably should have been a catch down to the like inch yard line. Like, I don't, I get why they called it incomplete, I guess. But, you know, if you really slow it down, like it looked like his fingers were still barely under the ball. And then it came loose, and by the time he caught it, I don't think he was in the end zone. So I don't think it should have been a touchdown, but, you know, I, I probably would have just marked it at the inch line and on we go. But I don't know. I thought that I, I those, I think, should – well, especially that one should be a catch. But even, like, the Des Bryant one, like, some of those, I'm like, all right, I get that the ball came loose. But, like, especially in the Des Bryant one, like, he was step-step falling, and then he did it, like, all right, well – you know, if we're going to go back, if we're going to do this with catches, which is fine, like, you know, we could probably go back with hundreds of plays in NFL history. You're like, well, Win Swan didn't actually catch that against the Cowboys. When he hit the ground, the ball came loose and it was incomplete. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think like if they would have called it incomplete on the field, keep it incomplete, but you called it a catch on the field. So it should have just been a catch because it wasn't conclusive whether or not like did 
did the ground cause the ball to pop up or was it the fact that it, as he was turning because the ball doesn't really pop up until he's back like on his side and the and like did the elbow you know like it hit and like jumbled but then he catches it you know like and you're right the fingers were underneath it so i'm just like well it's that close so whatever the call on the field is that's what you should leave it as nobody like nobody's gonna like if you say well most objective people, like if you're like, listen, there wasn't enough evidence to say that was incomplete. I think most people would be like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It just there was one in the 49ers game too that was like, uh, Olave caught one. He got he caught it one step. His second foot went down, and then as he was turning to make his football move, he kicked his own foot as he was getting touched. And then when he fell, the ball rolled out, and they were like, because he didn't get that third foot down to make a move. Now it's an incomplete bet. I mean, I was it's fine with me. It was against the 49ers. But, like, in catches like that, you're like, I, I don't know how that's not a catch. Like, two right. steps, like a football move. Like, I, I don't know. He's running. You know, he caught it. It wasn't one of those where he caught it, and as he turned, he got blown up, and the ball went to the ground. Like, he he literally would have got the third step down, but he kicked his own ankle. And they were like, no, nope, now it's incomplete. Like, I don't know. I think they make it a little, a little too difficult to tell what a catch is. No, it's true. It's true. Nobody knows what the catch is in the NFL. <laughs> All thanks to that Kelvin Johnson play. You remember that one back in the day? Oh, man. Oh, rough. Um, okay. You want to go to our ugly? Yes. Ugly. Okay. Uh, I'm going to save. I'm going to pick one. And the other one is going to go when we make the predictions that were right. So I'll I'll save the other ugly. But my, my first ugly was the Rams. It's just... Yeah. The wheels are off. It's, you know, I I think it, it might turn into, a, again, I didn't go through the NFL history books, so this is a hyperbole, but it might be one of the, the highest won a Super Bowl to the wheels are probably off for a lot of years here. It just, it's just gone. Like, and I know they didn't come into the year expecting to be bad, but between injuries and no picks going forward, like I, I if you're Aaron Donald, like, are you going to, around for a terrible team or Jalen Ramsey or Matthew Stafford you want to come back and get destroyed next year so it just it went from bad to this is like unwatchable football yeah it's that that was kind of my ugly of the week but I have a backup but it's just it's sad because we, we will talk a little bit more about that when we talk about predictions um, obviously some of it has to do with um, some of the injuries these last couple weeks but I think I'll, I don't want to get into my my topic, so I'll, I'll I'll save it. So if you want to listen to it, that's a tease. But uh, I w- I was fairly confident that the Rams would be fine this season, and that's not the case. So yeah, I, I figured they would be up there, you know, with the I picked the Niners and the Rams to be just about the same. Like I figured there would be a step back because last year, like. I mean, they got there, but they they didn't get to the Super Bowl like convincingly. Or like, oh, this team is this is this is the the Super Bowl team. But it's just like, I don't know. Even like, I'm not saying he's checked out, but like, you watch Sean McVay and he's like, I don't even know what I want to call. <laughs> you know, you know, usually McVay, Shanahan, well, maybe not even Lafleur anymore. But like, usually their offense is like, all right, we'll move the ball at least generate some field goals. The Rams are just like, oh my gosh, it's just. <laughs> you might as well just punt on first down on some of these drives. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, uh, my backup ugly was the Ravens blowing another double-digit lead to a team in the fourth quarter. So 
I, I don't know why. They, I think this is the third or fourth game that they've done it, which is kind of third. I think it was the third game they've they've done it in, and it's not. If you're a Ravens fan, you got to be a little disappointed that you can't hang on to these leads. And I know, like, there was a fan on Twitter, I guess, that attacked um, Lamar Jackson for it. And it's not necessarily Lamar Jackson's fault, right? Uh, because I think he scored a touchdown. But at the same time, it's like, you're you're going to be offered a contract that's going to be ridiculous this offseason, and the Ravens have to wonder if you're going to be worth it. And for some reason, a double-digit lead is not – like the offense can still move the ball when you have a double-digit lead, right? So you don't, you don't have to stop scoring points when you have a double-digit lead. So he's partly to blame for that as well. But it surprises me because Baltimore's always out – always been known for their defense and it's 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 not it's not uh as um what's it like it's not as like a vice like a vice grip like it used to be like back in the day yeah especially that game yesterday was so weird like the defense was playing fine (laughs) the whole game and it was what 19 to 10 and in my one league i had the baltimore defense and i was like all right there's only like nine (laughs) minutes left good game and then (laughs) i came back and i'm like "I, i don't know what just happened like how do you why do you hold the Jaguars pretty much the whole game to doing not much besides what they have one drive. And I think one of them was off a fumble, you know, where they got the field goal. And then suddenly it's Trevor Lawrence is Patrick Mahomes throwing dimes out there. And you're like, Oh, we lost. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, well, to be fair, you know, it's hard to beat hall of famer, uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. So it's just, that can be, that can be tough. Uh, any other ugly? No, I'll save it. Okay, okay. Let's get into our next part of our podcast then. We're going to pick, uh, we're each going to pick two teams or players we were right about with our uh, off-season predictions uh, and then two that we were wrong about. So I'm interested more in the wrong you picked than the right. So let's get the right out of the way. Okay, Clint, let's start with that. What is one thing that you are sort of proud of yourself that you got right this off season? Uh, the first one, I'll ease into it. The first one was the Vikings. I picked them to win the division by a couple games. I didn't, th- I didn't think the Packers would be this bad, granted, <laughs> but I figured the Vikings would, with their new coach, who's, like, who's in LA, who's with the Rams offensive coordinator, that they would open up the passing game and pretty much do what they've done, like against, minus this New England game, but against mediocre or bad teams, They'll put up points. They got enough weapons. Their defense is, for the most part, solid enough that they would take care of most of these games. Um, and then that's how they would get to a division. So from that aspect, I'm happy. The Vikings are going to walk away with the division. <laughs> but, you know, to see them, like, put it a little bit together, again, if, if I'm the 49ers and I have to go into Minnesota or vice versa, uh, I would not minus Justin Jefferson catching like one-handed catches out of nowhere. But I, I would not fret playing the Minnesota Vikings, whether it's in San Francisco or in Minnesota, personally. But, you know, I'll take a win where I got a few of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that I, I had them making the playoffs. I didn't have them winning the division. I when you When I was reading off your predictions, I don't think you were on. Were you on? 
No, I, no, I emailed no. them to you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I had the guts to say that. Uh, the one thing that I really liked what the Vikings did was got a coach that believed in Kirk Cousins. And I'm thinking like you're starting to see that in the NFL is like get a coach that's going to believe in the quarterback you have in place and it's going to be better for your team. It doesn't mean that they're going to be great but it'll be better for your team. And, you know, it worked out, it worked out really well for the Vikings. So yeah, that was a good call by you that they'd win the division. Um, I I think I'm more surprised about how bad the Packers are though, than how good the Vikings are doing. That, that would be, even though I knew that they'd have problems moving the ball offensively, I'm more surprised about the Packers than I am the Vikings. My, my first thing I'm going to, uh, I, the chiefs i was right about the chiefs i'm gonna take my victory lap everybody's worried about i'm like no patrick mahomes will be fine he'll figure it out like tyreek hill it will hurt but it will mean it won't mean that necessarily that their offense will totally fall apart i think that they'll have more opportunities for explosive plays i said that uh because the they're not going to be playing too high safeties all the time because they don't have to worry about tyreek hill um, so with that being said, they have, uh, statistically, they're actually a better offense this year than they were yeah, last year. So I was, I was right about that. I'm doing my victory lap. A lot of the guys who had predictions in the, uh, in the off season here, picked the chargers. It was either the chiefs or the chargers, but there was a lot of chargers love <laughs> this off season, but my Mahomie, he showed up, he balled out, and he showed that he doesn't necessarily like losing someone like Tyreek is not going to affect how great of a quarterback he is. Yeah, I had them winning the division again, not like probably similar to how you felt, like with the Vikings. I figured they would win it. Um, but you know, it's been uber impressive to see them kind of change what they did, and it just goes to show you. Um, unlike what the Packers did, that like you lose that big receiver, like you just switch up a little bit what you do, move some things around, kind of change how you do things. You can still accomplish the same things. They still get, you know, big plays. You just do it a little differently. You know, maybe it takes you eight plays to score instead of three. But it's been really impressive to see them. They've had a couple like small hiccups, but like in the AFC, I don't see a, a defensive team that can like slow them down. So there's like no, I mean, the Jets, but I don't think that even if the Jets played good defensively, they're not going to score enough on the Chiefs, I don't think. So they, they've they been really impressive. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I, I would say like, it, it, it's funny how like drafting talent in the first couple rounds and getting some veteran players in there on cheap contracts can help like, alleviate some of the pressure off your quarterback. So even when you lose a big target, you you've built up talent throughout the years by drafting players in the first couple rounds, but also you're like, Hey, let's go and get Juju Smith Schuster one year, $3 million. Let's just throw that at him. Okay. He's over here and they still have Kelsey, which he's playing really well as well. Um, Do you want to do our other, Positive, or do you want to do a negative and a negative and positive, positive? What do you want to do? Let's go with the other one we were right on. Let's just get them both out of the Okay, way. okay. What, what's your other one you want to kind of pat yourself on I the back about? I am taking the biggest victory lap. Russell Wilson is cooked. I was the strongest <laughs> on it when we did the NFC West podcast. I said the Broncos would be last in that division. 
that people can't stand that dude. The best move the Seahawks ever did was trade that dude for whatever they could get. And it is just glorious to watch Russell Wilson. He can't score. You thought the Buccaneers offense, those numbers you read off. The Broncos can't score on anyone. The defense is yelling at Russell Wilson. I'm taking that victory lap the rest of my life. That was just, he is terrible. Yeah, I, well, I I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, I'm with you this year. Absolutely, I, you you take your victory lap. You run around. You shove it in people's faces. Uh, you know, you do what you gotta do, bro. Um, I'm wondering once they get. I I also think I also think part of the problem is so not just Wilson, but also Nathaniel Hackett. I I don't think he can coach in the NFL. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, I think he was brought in there, and I said this multiple times, to basically run a timing offense with R- Rodgers. I think that's what the Bron- Broncos are like, oh, we'll hire this guy, and Rodgers will want to come to us. And if you got Rodgers, it probably works a little better, right? But Russell Wilson has never been a timing quarterback. In fact, that's probably what's frustrated uh, you know, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks for many years is that he's not a timing off- offensive player. So... I, w- I kind of want to see him with a different coach that is willing to play a heavy run style that will let him do Russell West, uh, Wilson, I almost said Westbrook. Well, you know, because they're both kind of, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want to, you know, get Russell Wilson stuff where he's running outside the pocket, running around, throwing deep balls, that kind of stuff. But I am with you. You nailed that, that, that good for you, man. Good for you. I'm glad you, you find satisfaction in someone's downfall so well. Yeah. I, well, if Aaron Rodgers did it, it would be even worse. Uh, you know, he's been bad, but not Russell Wilson bad. No, I agree. Like, he can't, like, even I can't fathom him being this bad next year. Like, I'll take it if he is. But I think it, it it's a combination of they, it's just not working out, and no one knows what they're doing there. And um, I don't think a lot of guys like him. They didn't like him in Seattle, a lot of guys, obviously. And I think he's kind of doing the same, so. I don't know if that is into it too. Like I, I agree, Hackett's a terrible coach. Like he just wasn't ready to like lead a team. But I don't know if Russell Wilson is like so far off in his own, you know, what, what is it, Mister Unbelievable, whatever he is, uh, that the rest of the players are like checked out. Like I would check out on a dude that spent four hours doing like knee highs in the middle of the airplane. I'd be like, this, this, I don't, I don't even know what this guy is right now. So. Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I, he sounds like an interesting personality, for sure, to say the least. Um, and the other thing is, like, as far as, like, like, I can tell you why Aaron Rodgers is having a down year. Like, for the most part, I get it. But for Russell Wilson, it's just, like, the weapons he was going into – the defense that he has, like that's actually playing good defense. Like they were number one in defense for the longest time. And uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're not, you're not playing that great. And it was great that the defense alignment yelled at him. So that was, that was great. Um, My, uh, my, we're on oh, uh, the th- other thing that I got right was the 49ers. I don't know if you remember this. Well, you you might not because it was on the preview. I, I said that I didn't. I, I want to just double check. I don't think I had them making the playoffs because Trey Lance was going to be their quarterback. And I said, if Jimmy Garoppolo starts, though, I think they would make the playoffs. That's what I said. 
And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well enough. And I think the 49ers are going to make the playoffs, obviously. So I want to pat myself on the back a little bit just because I got that prediction right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I, just, I, I still have that reservation of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, <laughs> you know, like he, he's playing fine and it's just, but even like that Saints game, you just, you watch some of these games and he'll look great for one game because they're playing a so-so defense, but they play a good defense. And you're like, I have, I cannot imagine what, what game was that where they got, they, they kicked two field goals from inside the five yard line. And I'm like, I cannot comprehend how you can have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell was back. George Kittle, like you have four weapons that most teams don't have. And you're like, we can't score from the five yard line because as I think I was texting you, like he either comes off a read too soon or he panics because he doesn't want to get hit. And then he changes to another read and you're like, oh my gosh, it just, that's why I think we said in that the 49ers one, I would have rather Trey Lance played the whole year and been like Justin Fields where you're like, all right, well, he can run. He can throw it sometimes, but you know, we're seven and 10. Then we're like, oh, hey, we're going to go 11 and six. And then we're probably going to get to the NFC championship game and the Cowboys or one of these other teams are just going to shut him down or they're going to, he's going to have to go play in Philadelphia in the cold, which he can't do. And you're like, Oh, great. Another year where we got to watch Jimmy do what he does. Yep. No, no. That's the thing is you, you can see how the veteran leadership can help that team move the ball. Right. Like at times, especially I think two weeks ago, he threw like three or four touchdowns, right? He had like yeah. the, yeah. So you, you can see it or he doesn't make this all the time, the stupid mistakes, although he will throw the defense one or two balls a game. Um, but it was like, you, you can be confident in that, that he could find a way to win 10, 11 games with Debo and Ayuk and, and Kittle and with Shanahan as your coach. Um, and now McCaffrey, but uh, where Trey Lance, I just feel like he just needed a year. He needed a year to grow and he'll he'll make his mistakes, but I hope that Shanahan just lets him go through that mistake. So kind of sad that he hurt his ankle and he's out. he was out for the season, but I, I kind of figured like if Jimmy G got to start that the, the you know, the, the Niners wouldn't lose a step. Okay, let's go to our bad. What was one thing you got wrong the Colts. <laughs> yes, I had them down too, man. Yeah, well, I, I, I always go back to the Colts because in that email where we, we picked, you know, division winners, playoff teams, and the Super Bowl. Oh. But the Colts in the Super Bowl, and my only thinking was that the Colts would piece it together based on how their team was built, like the Titans do, and they would just run it, and that, I don't know, he's obviously not. But I thought going into the year, Matt Ryan could be a better Ryan Tannehill. They had some weapons. They'll just run it. You know, they had Naheem Hines at the time. Like, all right, we're going to piecemeal our way to 11-6 and six in that division and just surprise the team like the, the Bills or the Colts just because you – or the Chiefs because you can run the ball. But Matt Ryan is washed. Like, he looks okay now that he's back. But, like, he's got a noodle arm. He can't throw it deep. Um, so, like – I know they've kind of pieced it together so they don't look like the Texans, but they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, just real quick. I did get the Texans right. I just want to mention that too. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, but when we did the preview videos, my Texan one, 
that I put out there uh, got one of the most views, but like there was like people in the comments mad at us because we were talking about how bad the team is. And now look at them. They're like one, six, <laughs> seven and one or whatever they are. I'm like, okay, so are you going to come on the comments yeah. and say, oh, you actually are right about how trash our team is. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with you on the Colts. I, I can't believe how bad they are. I was so wrong about that take. Um, I felt like that just having somebody that wouldn't turn the ball over, not Carson Wentz, I'm like that team's going to be really good. I see them winning the division. Uh, you know, Titans are another team. I was kind of, I'm not mentioning them as my other thing, but that was another one that I was wrong about. But like, because I thought they would be hurting after trading AJ Brown. Um, but yeah, I don't, I like the, how far they've fallen is crazy to me. And so much so that they fired their coach, you know, not to, you know, hire Jeff Saturday. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was a rough one, but yeah, you're a Super Bowl pick. Just throwing that out there. The, the Niners are still alive, but you know, I Colts Niners. So that's, uh, well, I had the Niners winning, so I can still have my total right. But, well, speaking of awesome Super Bowl picks, my NFC team is the Rams. <laughs> so <laughs> that wasn't a great. So this is the thing I miss read with the Rams. So that's my first like trash take that I had the because I thought they'd be fine. They they get through the season and then they'll turn on in the playoffs kind of just I thought Odell would be back there. Um I miss I miss um read how much I knew it would impact the team, but how much losing Odell, Von Miller, and Andrew Whitworth, like how much that would hurt this team. And it really has. Uh, Allen Robinson is not Odell. He has not replaced. I don't know if it's just maybe him being in Chicago for a couple of years. And then like, he just, because he probably didn't have any reason to try. So now he's here and he's trying to still find his form again or whatever or him and him and Matthew Stafford don't have uh chemistry. They just can't find it, which is really weird because typically like Allen Robinson's the kind of receiver that Matthew Stafford likes, you know, uh, so that I, I thought that would work out. And I just thought that, um, you know, even though that they'd miss Von Miller and uh, and Whitworth, I didn't think that would really show up until the playoffs, you know, like when you needed that sack or whatever. But I thought they could get through it because everybody in the NFC, like there's no like good team in the NFC right now. They're all like elite team, I should say. They're all like good to great teams, you know. So I don't know. I, I, I misread that, got that wrong. And it looks like maybe Stafford will be done for the season. Cup could be done for the season. And the Detroit Lions might get a top three pick because of the St. Louis Rams. I mean, the uh, LA Rams. So, yeah, it, it's been bad. And um, I mean, I was wrong on him too. I won't take him as my, you know, other bad take, but it just, I don't know. Part of me thought that they, they became too reliant. Like Alan Robinson didn't look great, but I feel like they, they became so reliant on Cooper cup that it was just Matthew Stafford only feels comfortable throwing it to Cooper cup. And you're like, all right, well that works a lot of time because the dude knows how to get open. But, um, you know, it, it was over when he got hurt it was over before that, but just, it's just so weird. I, I thought the same thing with you. Like, they would just piecemeal it together and be like eh, a good team. And you get to the final seven and you never know what happens kind of like last year. So it's really just falling apart. And it's, uh, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see a way out. I mean, the lions are, you know, 
they'll gladly pay Jared Goff for a top five pick this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they could, like, I was thinking, like, they could, not that we're talking about the Lions, but they could technically have two top 10 picks this year. And if, let's just say there's a quarterback that's on the move, they have like a real, like either they could draft a high pick quarterback or if there's a quarterback that's being traded, they, they like who wouldn't want two first round picks for a quarterback. So um, I don't know what quarterback that would be. I don't think, I don't think the Packers would trade Rogers to the, the Lions. The only other one I could think of is Jackson, Lamar Jackson. If, if for some reason him and the Ravens want to part ways, but yeah, I don't know what other quarterback, but I mean, Lions would just like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jeffrey Fielder, if they really wanted. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. that. That's okay. Uh, what was your second? What would you say your second hot? So my second bad one trash was take. Yeah, it was going to be the Panthers. Mm. I still I had them making the playoffs, but because Tampa Bay is so bad and Sam Darnold actually looked like you know competent, complete a pass. So you know maybe they can squeak into that seventh playoff spot, or even the I should say seventh. They'd have to win the division to get in. Um, but I'm I was wrong on the Jets. Like I thought they would be bad. Um, not even just like Zach Wilson bad. I just thought they would be another year of you know oh we we're feisty, but you know the Patriots steamrolled us, the Bills just cooked us a few times, and I figured the Dolphins would which they have would take care of them. Uh, but, you know, Sauce Gardner, their draft picks on defense, like that's a legit defense. And if you just have a quarterback that uh, can throw for maybe 200 yards and not turn it over, like they've, they've turned into uh, uh, basically like the 49ers. You know, Salah has <laughs> completed the transformation of, hey, we have a great defense. Just don't throw too many interceptions to Jimmy and we can piecemeal our way to, you know, eight, nine, ten wins. Yeah, it's kind of, isn't that kind of crazy? Uh, how I just, as a Dolphin fan, like, it just stinks like that as the Dolphins are getting good, the Jets are getting good, the Patriots are still like, like they can win any week, you know, and then the Bills have Josh Allen, which I'm just like, that stinks for me. But yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, the Jets, I don't know if it's, like even with the Giants, like I put the Giants, like they've looked good, but I think by the time this season ends, I, I, Giants might lose out. <laughs> you know, looking at their schedule and their injuries, so it's, you know, maybe by the end of the year, you're like, well, the Giants are about what we expected. They just won all their games in the first half, so it, it's an impressive job. You know, hopefully, uh, it's not like a one and done thing where, you know, I don't think Mike White is as good as Jimmy G, but just if they can get a quarterback that is just competent enough because again they have good weapons that they draft on offense they just can't you know they can't use them and they lost right. Brees Hall but you know they've surprised because I had them last in that which I guess in theory they could still be last in that division but make the playoffs so well that's a that's a team that could be a sneaky Aaron Rodgers team next year the Jets um which would be repeating history if you think of where Brett Favre went right after his stint in uh, because they they're not paying a quarterback, you know, their quarterbacks on a, a rookie deal and uh, that, you know, they could fork over a couple picks and get that guy that could help them because their team's ready to win. If they had if they had Aaron Rodgers on, on their team, they, they would be a much scarier team in the playoffs, you know, but my last bad takes the Saints. I thought 
I have them as a wild card team, but I thought that coaching man, like you were talking about Dayball, like what he's done with the Giants. Well, Dennis Allen has done the opposite for the Saints. I was like, if they can keep that defense intact and they play the Panthers and the Falcons twice a year and like Jameis can play good enough. Michael Thomas is coming back. Kamara's healthy. You got a lot that offense will be able to move the ball better than last year. And, um, in that defense with Dennis Allen can play at that high level that they did last year. I'm, they, they'll get, they'll get nine and seven. They'll get into the playoffs. That's the way I felt. And it's just like Dennis Allen cannot play. It, it seems like he has a hard time playing a good defense and being the head coach, you know? So I think that's why I think he's just a defensive coordinator and that's what he should do. But uh, that's, that's my last like bad take is I thought the saints would be, interesting this year and they're they're well they're interesting for the wrong reasons <laughs> I, I for the life of me i can't figure out like i get andy dalton is like i'm gonna do what i'm told type of quarterback but i have no idea like why you're playing andy dalton like <laughs> you know they just played the niners and put up a big goose egg minus you know kamara fumbled at the goal line but like andy dalton doesn't scare you like right. i mean Jameis winston sure he's gonna turn it over but He's going to get the ball downfield. Instead, we just, you know, watch Andy Dalton throw some five-yard outs, some checkdowns, have Taysom Hill come in and run it for four yards and then punt the ball. And I don't know what they're trying to accomplish because their defense is good. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries on defense, but, like, they're, most of their guys were back on Sunday and their defense looked good. So, and I'm sure they'll look good again. Tampa Bay can't, you know, score on them. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, uh, that's right. The seven players, I think, returned this Sunday on defense. So, um, did the Saints have two like goal line turnovers too, or am I mistaken? Kamara fumbled at the one. He also fumbled earlier in the game. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of the two for yeah. is the two fumbles. Okay. And then they got sacked on. He got sacked on like fourth fourth down in inside the ten yard line at the end of the. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I just, I I'm with you. I don't know why they don't see what Winston got, get him back out there, but okay. Are you ready to get into the predictions for the week? Yes. Okay. Before I wanted to ask you this, this is going to be a little bit of a predictive thing, but I didn't prepare you for this. So kind of left field Odell Beckham. He's going on his tour. Uh, of teams. I don't know if you heard that, but he's going to be visiting the Bills, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Um, So I want to ask you this question. If you were Odell's agent, or let's say Odell comes to you and like, hey, um, Clint, what team should I go play for? What team do you think I should play for? Now you could pick out of those three or just any team in the NFL. I'm kind of interested to get your take. Which team do you think Odell will end up on? But which team do you think he also should go to? I think he should go to Buffalo. Mm. Um, Part of me thinks he will go to Buffalo just because he knows a couple guys there. But I don't know if the temptation to wear the the Cowboy star, maybe just to extra stick it to the Giants, is where he'll end up, but I would I would tell him to go to Buffalo. Like, I just I think he would have more of a shot there. Like they'd get him, they'd make sure to uh, 
get him in a position to more open up the offense. Like the Cowboys, like, all right, the Cowboys are going to run the ball. You know, I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are a great fit. Like I could see the appeal to it because they don't have outside of CD Lamb. They don't have like, oh, we have all these weapons. But I don't think the Cowboys are great at scheming up just randomly getting Odell Beckham the ball like the Rams were. The Rams could spread them out and do all this. I don't I don't trust Dak Prescott like to maneuver that. Whereas with Josh Allen, like Josh Allen can dance around in the pocket, give him some extra time and there's Odell. Yeah, so would there be um if it, it, it would you have a different team if it wasn't limited to those three, or are you saying no matter what you'd be like, hey, go to the Bills? I would go to the Bills. Like, I don't think like I I see the appeal like maybe the Chiefs, but I don't think like he's just kind of like a clone of Juju at this point. Like, I don't think coming off his second ACL, it's not like he's going to be a burner. Um, and at least the Chiefs, all those teams would at least give you more time. Like any other team he's going to go to, they're probably going to want him to play right away. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be like up to speed right away. So at least if you go to Buffalo, they can work you in. And I'd worry with Dallas that Dallas is like, all right, let's get him in there and throw it to him 10 times. <laughs> and yes. then, you know, you have a couple of drops that look bad and everyone's like, oh, what a bum. There you go. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I think out of those three teams, I'm I'm with you. I think I'd go Bills. I would not go Giants. I think that's the weird one. Like, why would he want to go back to the Giants? And if he was upset when Eli Manning was throwing him the football, just wait till you have Daniel Jones throwing you the football or not throwing you the football, whatever you want to look at it. Uh, I would I would say Bills out of those three. Um, I would, but I I actually would tell him either I would say like the Chiefs or the Ravens. And the only reason why I would tell him those two teams is basically like go somewhere where you can like take your time to come back, but also like that you'll be like one of the, the number one targets. Like you, like if you go to the bills, you got to compete with like Gabe Davis, who's having a really good year and digs. And then, and then you're next probably, but like with, with, with the chiefs or the Ravens, it's like they got their tight ends, but then it's like, uh, who's who's knows the what's it's of the other guys who are adding you to that team could help elevate that team. And if it's noticeable, you can really get paid on your next contract because that's what he wants. I think he wants a multi-year deal right now, but I think he really just wants to get paid again. But I don't, I don't see him getting that opportunity even on the bills, right? Because he's going to like Isaiah McKenzie even had a pretty good week this last week. So I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I, I just think limiting himself to those three teams. I also find very interesting. I'm surprised he isn't have, you know, he hasn't cast a wider net. I would, my only worry as an agent would be if you go to um, Baltimore or what other team did you say? The chiefs is the one I would be like, yeah. you should go there. If you, if my only worry with those other teams, like especially with Baltimore, is if you're going to be the number one and you're not quite ready, it's going to look bad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if he goes out there with Lamar Jackson and he's just people are blanketed all over him because he needs another month to like get up to speed to look good, um, and the Ravens end up being one and done, you're going to be like, right, well, Odell's washed. There's no way he's going to get another deal. At least if he's with Buffalo or. I mean, the Vikings could be another team where you could be the third guy and they could work you in. And you're like, you're going to look wide open with Josh Allen, with Gabe Davis and 
you know, Stefan Diggs out there. So you run a couple crossing routes, get wide open. You're like, oh, look, Odell's wide open. There's a 30-yard catch. Um, I would just worry that any of those other teams, especially the Giants, like, all right, we'll just put our best corner on this guy that hasn't played since the Super Bowl, and it might look rough for a couple weeks. Yeah, no, I agree with that, especially. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what Odell does. I, I'm kind of curious, but we'll see if it even makes a difference. Okay, you ready to predict uh, week 13? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so Ryan versus the guests, week 13. Let me tell you how week 12 happened. What happened in week 12? Well, it didn't end well for this guy, okay? I did not do as well as Shannon did. Shannon got 12 of the 16 games right. I got nine of the 16 games right. Uh, Every 50-50 game that we picked different, basically, he got right and I got them wrong. So, like, I picked the Patriots, the Titans, the uh, Falcons, and he picked the the other team, the Vi- the Vikings, the um, Bengals, and the what's the other team there? The Commanders. So it was kind of like the coin flip games. I'm like, hey, I can catch up a couple games, but did not help me out. Uh, so right now I am down on the guests, 91 to 97. The guests are winning. So, Clint, your job is to let me catch up a couple games here. <laughs> I really need it. <laughs> Coming down to the wire. All right, you go first, and I'll just pick every game the same as you. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, no, that's, a victory. Yeah. that's why I make the guest pick first. Okay, yeah. so let's do this. Uh, the two teams that are on the bye this week are the Arizona Cardinals and Carolina Panthers, so we're not missing much this week. Uh, so there's 15 other games. Let's start with the Bills at the New England Patriots. Who do you got, Clint? Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. I am picking the Bills as well. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Atlanta Falcons. I will go with the Steelers. <sighs> I think the Falcons defense is just bad enough, and the Steelers defense is just good enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Steelers as well. Uh Broncos at Baltimore Ravens. Oh, this is a tough. <laughs> Give me the Ravens and the points. Whatever the points are, take all the points in, in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Ravens as well. We're three for three. The Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Um, I think any of us could play quarterback against that Bears defense, but I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and not Justin Fields. So I will go with the Packers. I am going to go with the Packers as well. Um, The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Detroit Lions. I'm actually going to be at this game on Sunday. So uh, who do you got, Clint? I will take the Jaguars. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go 50, 50 game here. I'm going to pick the Lions. I'm going to, I'm going to, hopefully they win, but uh, well, I don't know what I want them to do at this point. So, uh, but I'm going to pick the Lions. You could cheer for a couple wins because the Rams are going to lock you into like a top five pick. So there's a little less pressure. It's just Trevor Lawrence has been playing so good, but the Lions offense like moves the ball really good. So it's hard. Like it's, it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go Lions. The going on that one too. I just went with the hot hand. Like uh, the Jags look good. Maybe they'll have a couple good games. There's probably be 35, 34 games. Yeah, no, I agree. 
And uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of hope the Jags win too, just because I think like if the Jags can get, gain a couple games here and like the Titans can fall back a little bit, we can maybe see the Jags and Titans being playing for like that flat, that playoff spot in the AFC South, which would be fun. The uh, Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, I believe Deshaun Watson is making his debut. Yeah, part of me wants to do like the Seahawks like they did against uh, Russell Wilson in week one, but the Texans are so bad that I think Nick Chubb can get eight touchdowns in this game. So I will go with Cleveland. I am too. I got to watch the Texans uh, Sunday because I watched the Dolphins uh, game and the Dolphins basically after the first drive in the third quarter benched all their starters because they didn't no longer needed the play, um, which is sad. Um, so this this will be a fun one. The New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. You don't believe in the white, huh? I'm gonna go Vikings as well. Yeah, I it's just I don't know on the road in the dome. Like I don't know. I I prefer the Vikings when they're at home. Like if that was in New York, I think the Jets would probably uh, handle them. But in the dome, um. I think the Vikings defense is good enough to stop Mike White now that there's more tape on him. Yeah, and I really also I really need the Vikings to win because I need the Jets to like you know, fall behind <laughs> the Dolphins a little bit. Come on, guys. The Commanders at the New York Giants. Commanders. I I I'm going to go Giants here. I think this is another coin flip game. I know that the Giants have kind of fell down to earth a little bit um, and the the Commanders are doing the opposite, but I really don't think the teams are that far apart. So I'm going to go Commanders. I mean, uh, Giants, I'm sorry. Here's my 50-50 games. You're going to have another like (laughs) four game advantage over me. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles. I was not impressed with that Eagles defense against the Packers. Um, and I don't think that – I'm going to go with the Titans. Okay, okay. I'm going Eagles, mainly because the Eagles are at home. Um, but uh, just – I'm not I'm not confident in that pick. I think the Titans just play everybody very well, so. And I think without uh, – what is it, Chauncey's – Gardner Johnson or whatever he's out with a lacerated kidney like I don't know part of me worries that they're just going to show up and be like all right Derek Henry you are not going to carry the you know you're not going to get anywhere and then they're going to get burned like the Packers did for a couple of deep touchdowns or Tannehill will look decent yeah that that could happen Tannehill not, not confident in this pick I'm, this, is, this is my I'm going against the grain okay okay they'll look how that worked out for you with the Colts. I'm just throwing that out there uh, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, the Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams. I can't. I can't even. I can't even pick against the Seahawks in this game. Like, they, <laughs> they, if you lose to the Rams at this point, this is the bye week. It's split. The Seahawks aren't the bye week. The Rams are the bye week now. I, yeah, I think they're Sam. Who's the quarterback? Perkins? No. Yeah, Perkins or Wolford? I don't know who's going to start. Okay. Them. Yeah, I'm picking. I'm picking the Seahawks as well. Ooh, another really good game. Wow. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs. 
I do not pick against the Chiefs. I should more. Um, being in Cincinnati, this is tempting, but I'm going Chiefs as well. I think they're going to want some revenge for that uh, yeah, playoff that's loss. That's why I picked the Chiefs. I was like, I, I don't care that Jamar Chase is back this week. I think the, the Chiefs, if they have a chance to run up the score in this game, are going to put some put some points on the board. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the what? I don't know why that game, or we're going to talk about the Dolphin game against the Niners. Neither one of them got flexed to the Sunday night. It just blows my mind. Like both those games are way better than the Sunday night game. Anyway, LA Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Two teams that like to blow games. So this is like a total toss up. Like, hey, who can choke away a fourth quarter? Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay. I'm worried that Josh Jacobs is a little extra banged up after last week. And, you know, you can run on the Chargers. If Josh Jacobs doesn't play, maybe they can't run as much on the Chargers. Don't don't you feel like it's too going too good for the Chargers right now? Like they went off. I do. That's, yeah. This is just totally like, I guess I have more faith than Justin Herbert to close out a game if it has to than Derek Carr. But like this I feel like this is going to be one where you turn it on like like the Seahawks game last week. Like, I don't know whoever gets the ball here is going to win the game. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, They're at home. I just think the Chargers are riding a little high right now, and this is where they're going to disappoint everybody. The Colts versus the Dal- at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. No, Matt, R- Matt Ryan, though. Matty Ice. <laughs> They've burned me enough this year. That's fair. Uh, The New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's in Tampa. I guess I'll go five to three Tampa. (laughs) (laughs) Block punt out of the end zone wins it for Tampa. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm nervous for my brother on this one for for the Bucs because, oh, the Saints defense looked good last week, and I don't know. This is, but I'm going to go Bucks. Um, okay. Let's talk about the only game we didn't predict yet. We'll predict it. Um, but uh, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers. Part of the reason why I had you on today is because you are a Niners fan. I am a Dolphins fan. And both of our teams' winning record, both our teams s- sort of need this game. I don't think, you know, kind of need this game. Just your team, I think, a little bit more so than my team just because – you're you're fighting for against Seattle to get that division, and a well I don't know because you're going to get a playoff spot because the NFC is bad. <laughs> you know the AFC is a little bit more competitive. Maybe my team does need it more. So I'm like, let's talk about this. So let's uh, let me just get your thoughts real quick on the game in general. What are you what are you kind of looking forward to? Maybe some matchups or or how are you feeling about uh, what what it you know your team needs to do to make it. Um, you know, get the win. Yeah, let's just start there. You know, what are you looking forward to? What are some things you're looking for? I have two things for this game. One, are the 49ers going to actually, like, not do what they did against the Chiefs? Like, when they played the Chiefs, instead of just manning, not that you want to man up the Dolphins, I'm just saying, against the Chiefs, you play man defense because none of their receivers can beat you. So the Niners came in and were like, we're the Niners, we play zone, blah, 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 blah. And Patrick Mahomes just, Chopped into pieces. So I'm hoping, whatever that plan is, 
<laughs> that they have adjusted it for the Dolphins. And my adjustment would be don't give up the big play if the Dolphins want to go 20 to 20, which they probably are, kind of like they did last week. I mean, they put some points up, but you know, they kicked a few quite a few field goals last week too. Um, is how I would play it. And to me, it comes down to red zone defense. Like the Dolphins, I, I looked it up. I left my my note is also locked in the oh uh, bummer under my tablet, but I can't remember these ones. In the red zone, Tua is twenty seven of forty two. 195 yards, 15 touchdowns, no interceptions. If you want to talk about same offense, Jimmy Garoppolo is 26 of 42 in the red zone, 185 yards, 12 touchdowns, one interception. If you can't tell their offenses are similar. But yep. if, if the Niners' defense can hold the Dolphins out of the end zone more than just a couple times, that's where I think they have the advantage of the Dolphins' speed disappears the closer you get to the goal line. If they can keep them outside of, make them drive the field, then I think they can get to them, especially with the injury to Armstead and that offensive line. Yeah, it seems like he's out for the game already. That's kind of big. Um, I, yeah, I'm for the for the for the Niners. I'm with you. I would I would like to add one more thing. Just keep the ball out of the offense's hand. Give your give your defense like don't have your defense constantly on the field because that that's where like as, as a Dolphin fan, I noticed like defense is sort of slow because there's so much speed on the offensive side of the ball and you're chasing it all game. You know, uh, the bills had the right sort of um, game plan. They, they should have won the game against the dolphins uh, because they had like 90 some plays versus the dolphins, like 30 some plays to have played good. He was 13 of 18, but he just didn't get the ball. But yeah, I would say, and I think that they could hold the ball. Elijah Mitchell though is out as well. So you're going to rely on McCaffrey. And I heard, maybe you can correct me on this, but I thought I heard that he was even in and out of last game. Uh, he, yeah, was, he said he had near, his knee was irritated, but... which is not, you know, not, not that's McCaffrey. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. Great, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a concern. If you're the 49ers, um, the thing also that worries me is the dolphins, like they're not a very physical team, especially up front, even with Armstead and that your, your front four is going to be able to great, create pressure. And I think Tua is not great or graceful under pressure, much like you would say Jimmy G. I'd say the same with Tua. Uh, last week he gets sacked and he like gets bent in half backwards and everyone thought he like blew out his knees or something. It's like nothing he does is elo- eloquent when he goes to the ground. Like, and you know, it's 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 a little nerve wracking. So th- I think this is going to be a real true test for the Dolphins. Now, Dolphins, um, you know, I, I just think if they just allow themselves to play their game, I think they're going to get open looks like in that, that in every game, 10 to 10 to 20 yards, he he gets people open, limit turnovers, limit mistakes. That's important. And they've been really good at that, but I just feel like kind of like Jimmy G Tua kind of throws the team one or two a game that they don't catch all the time. I will also say that I'm, I get this could be playing into the 49ers hands, but I'm, I'm for like, take the points. Don't, because like, I'm not, 
you know, the Niners offense sometimes is stagnant, like that, to say the least, right? Like sometimes it just don't move the ball very well. So just keep putting as much pressure as you can on Jimmy G, whether it's, you know, defensive line. Sure. But like, even like just putting points on the board, Hey, we got six points. You guys got zero. You got, you know, you got to answer that. And no, that ain't a ton of pressure, but as the more points you score, I don't want, like if it's fourth and two and you're on the 21 yard line, don't go for it and give that defense more things to be excited about because if if they get the momentum, I just think it's going to be the hard for the Dolphins to score. I just I don't know. I just kind of the way I felt feel. Yeah, well, you might want to go for it. I, if I was watching the Saints game, I didn't realize this, but the worst team on third or fourth and one in the NFL is the 49ers. Oh, interesting. They give up third or fourth and one like crazy, but. Um, yeah, I think Eric Armstead might play in this game, which if he can, which would be even better. Um, I mean, my ideally, if I if I could come up with a game plan, I would just dare the Dolphins to run it fifty times. I, I wouldn't even care if they ran it for five yards a carry until you got into the red zone, and then you could negate some of that speed. If I was the Dolphins, I agree with you. I would take points wherever I could get them. If I was the 49ers, I would play aggressive because. The Dolphins are a team, um, not that two is Mahomes or Josh Allen, but the Dolphins are a team that I hate playing against because the 49ers will drive it all the way down and they'll, they'll be up 6 nothing, and they'll be dominating the first quarter and a half and then Tyreek Hill will catch a screen and go 90 yards and you're like, oh, look, we're losing, even though we have totally dominated this. Similar to how they played the Broncos game earlier in the year or the Bears game. They were mopping those teams up and down the field but couldn't put points on the board or just kicked a couple field goals and then one play and it's gone. So I would, I, I agree they should run it, but if I was the Niners, I would come out pass happy in this game because I think the Dolphins are going to try to play the run and I would, I would spread them and I would, I would air Jimmy until he throws a pick six in the first play. And then you're like, oh, well, this game's over, but I would be I would be aggressive against the Dolphins because I don't think their defense is that good. Um, their DVOA wasn't they, like they were, were they twenty fifth against the pass, sixteenth against the run, something like. I wish I had my sheet in front of me. I was looking at all of us, <laughs> so I would go I would go at them, um, but I don't know what they'll do. They'll probably just play conservative like they normally do and go down on the first drive and kick a field goal and celebrate. Yeah, I would say you're not wrong about the defense uh, because the secondary is kind of thin. We've, we've, you know, Dolphins have had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. I will say it's hard to sort of gauge how good their defense um, is going to turn out just because Bradley Chubb has made a difference on that defense. So, and he's only been there a week, technically two weeks. I know he was straight three weeks ago, but the first week he was in and out, he didn't play a whole lot. Um, uh, but I, I don't like, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know if, if, if throwing the ball a ton is, is the way to go, but it could work. Um, you well, know, they don't throw it deep anyhow. So it's not like they throw it to score. Right. Jimmy doesn't throw it more than 20. So it'd be like, Oh look, six yards slant. <laughs> what, what I would be interested in is if the Niners are like, Hey, on defense, especially, you said they're a zone defense, and that works for Tua. Tua like picks apart the zone defense like no one else. Like he he's like that's one thing he's really good anticipating, reading the defense, 
getting the ball out quickly and finding the holes in the zone. And when you have guys like Tyreek and Waddle, <laughs> and they get open very quickly because of their speed and their quickness. Um, I'd be interested if they went. One thing I want to see is if they went man to man and like press coverage and was like, Tua, we dare you to throw the ball deep. That's what I kind of want to see the Niners do. Partly because I want to see if Tua can do it and burn the Niners. But like I I part partly I don't think he can do it. See, that's like I don't know if you've watched any of like the Dolphins deep balls. So 40 yards in, Tua's been really good. But anything like deep, it's just like it's just, I don't know, underthrown. Although he did throw a really good one this past week that was like dropped. I'm like, okay, where's that? It was like a 43 yard pass or something like that. But anyway, the point being, I would be curious if they would switch it up to man and just do press coverage and dare to it to like try to throw it deep because he doesn't really have the arm for it. Yeah, they, both teams should just do it and we can watch Jimmy Garoppolo and Tua try to throw it deep and be like, oh, deep, oh, under throw it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I mean, there was eight pass interference flags because every pass was short. Um, yeah. See, I, I just worry. I know two is good against zone and the 49, yeah, like Ward, okay. I mean, you're, he's not going to shut down Tyreek Hill. Um, maybe slow down Waddle. I mean, maybe maybe I would man up Waddle. I would put Ward on Waddle and just bracket Tyreek Hill. I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying, but like, I I don't trust the 49ers second quarterback, like man on man. Like, I know, you know, uh, Tua can't uh, throw it deep, but I could just picture like two or three where the ball just bounces in the air. I'm like, oh, look, there's Jalen Waddle or Mike Kosicki because he's six foot six. Um, you know, down the middle um, type of plays. I think I would just maybe be more aggressive in my zone. I'd maybe bring heat because it, it, it's more of a detriment because he's left-handed. So Bosa's coming off into his throwing hand now without Armstead. So if he can be on this game, like, all right, then – the Dolphins are in trouble if Tua only has, you know, zone or no zone. If he's only got a couple seconds, then they're they're getting in on him. He can't step into these throws, and you know, he throws a little high a couple of times. But that goes for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, these are basically like left and right-handed version of the same person almost. It's kind of funny. Um, Tua probably being a well, at least he's mobile. So um, I don't know. I don't have faith in this game. Just, this just reminds me of 49ers games of the past where you're like, they're probably going to go in. The defense is going to look good for three quarters. The Niners are going to run the ball. Kittle's going to have a touchdown. Debo's going to, you know, he'll probably get more runs this game. And you're going to be like, oh, it's 21 to 17. And then third and 18 in the Super Bowl. And like two is just going to throw a prayer up. Be like, oh, look, there's Tyreek Hill again, wide open in the play out there. So. Or or your your safety tart there drops the interception, oh, and then God. then he throws a touchdown the next play. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I actually look at us as uh, pessimistic fans because I feel the same. I do not feel good about this game. I feel like the style of play that the the Niners play on defense, especially, is the type of thing that like the Bengals played earlier this year against Tua before he got that second concussion, and we only scored four field goals up to that point. You know, like we couldn't get the ball in the end zone because of the and and Tua was getting hit. Uh, it was the same defense. The Bills were sort of pay- playing like physical. We can rush four, get to them quickly. Um, so I'm kind of nervous about that with the Niners. If 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 you can rush four, get to them quickly, it, it it disrupts the offense. Now they can move the ball still, like they've shown they can still move the ball. But it's especially when you get down where the field starts to shrink and you the holes get you know tr- you know in the zone it gets shorter because you don't have to play so far out. Uh, I think that's when it it definitely rears its ugly head as far as like getting pressure into a um so yeah I, I don't know it'll be it will be super interesting because like you said not only is it the same teams but a lot of players that played for the Niners are playing for the Dolphins like Jeff Wilson and Mosert so yeah we'll see anything else to add before we predict the game I just yeah if it was Arizona Cardinals week 49ers from two weeks ago I would be like all right not put it to them like 31 to three, put it to them, but like 31 to 17, put it to them. We're like, all right, we already know who's going to win this game, but the Dolphins are going to move the ball. But if you get New Orleans Saints 49ers offense, where you're like, I don't even know what, what we're doing in some stretches of these games, then you're like, oh, look, it's uh, 13 to 12 because the Dolphins have kicked four field goals, and now we're going to lose because they have the ball at the end. Um, I don't know. This is where my my faith of I, I can never be those fans that are like, oh, but our defense is so good and no Armstead and we have Bosa and all this Brett Warner and you're like, yeah, but like I've also watched plenty of games where you're like, what are we? I just watched the Chiefs game again. This is the Patrick Mahomes, but I'm like, I just watched the Chiefs game where our defense looked like the Packers on Sunday <laughs> night. Like, oh, well, whatever, you get a first down, go ahead, go score a touchdown. Um, so that worries me that McDaniels, I mean, they both know each other. So it's not like there's any secrets here where um, anything's like hidden, but I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. I'm I, I'm the opposite of you, though, with the Dolphins. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's This is where, like, as a fan of this team for all these years, this is where you expect disappointment. Like, I try. I'm trying to be realistic about it too. I I understand Tua has been great this year. Uh, he has limitations, and sometimes, like you know, it just makes to me also makes more sense that both teams are seven and four versus the Dolphins being eight and three. You know what I'm saying? Although Tua has not lost a game this season where he start and finished the game, so he he's undefeated. So we'll see if that continues. A couple more years. And- He's going to be in the total morph of Jimmy Garoppolo. The Dolphins are 71 and five when Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, like, you're like, oh, they win when he plays, though. And I, like, I oh, would, yeah, we got to the playoffs, though. Yeah. The, the <laughs> only thing I would say that different about the amount, you know, and, and again, you know, as much as I've watched Jimmy G, so take it for what it is, is that I just feel like Tua, if someone's open, he's, he's much more like accurate. Like, he's just going to hit it. He's going to get the guy the ball. There was a beautiful pass he threw. And, and I'm not saying Jimmy G has never thrown these passes, but like this last week and Waddle dropped it, but it was like right over the linebacker and the linebacker jumped, 
and like it went right over his hand and Waddle like right there and he drops it, but it should have been a, a catch. I think he was surprised that to a fit, you know, fit the ball over the top of the linebacker. But like one thing I'll say about Tua, he is very, very accurate in his, his anti- if the first throw is there, it's going to be out. He's going to hit his guy and you know, they'll probably get, he, he like has uh not averages nine yards of pass play. So basically every time he throws the ball, you're basically getting a first down. Uh, when he completes it. So it's going to be interesting, but the, I just, I just don't think, I think if you can get pressure with the four guys and your defense can cover relatively well, I don't, I, I think that's where the dolphins fall apart. So, you know, we'll see. I don't actually think we should pick this game. We should just pick an over of under of dropped interceptions between the two teams. <laughs> and then the closest one wins. Cause I think there's going to be, Jimmy, especially if the Dolphins can get some pressure in this game, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he dropped that. And I'm sure if, they, if they're pressuring Tua, he's going to, you know, throw a couple of prayers up there and you're going to go, oh, my gosh. But, no, I agree. I agree. He did that this last week against Houston. There was I, I remember one distinctly that I'm like, oh, I can't believe he threw that ball. Um but yeah, uh, well, we're going to pick the game anyway. I would say over under three and a half interceptions, like should, would be interceptions, I should say, three and a half. So that'd yeah, combined be Combined interceptions and would be. I'll yeah. take the over. <laughs> okay. Uh, but let's, uh, let's pick the game. Uh, who do you got? Who are you picking? I just, I'll, I'll go with the 49ers. I really, before we recorded, I was going to come in and be like, I'm going to pick the Dolphins just just to make it hard on you. But I don't know. With Armstead being out, it just makes me think maybe they can get enough general pressure, especially in the red zone, like we talked about. If, if you can get down there, negate the speed, and then get pressure with four and drop um, the other seven into coverage, like, okay, you negate some of the chicanery that Mike McDaniels is going to run. Um, so for that reason, I will go with the Niners. I am going to go with the Niners as well. I know I should be like the homer on this podcast and pick my team, but Niners are also at home. I just feel like they have the recipe on defense that can cause the Dolphins offense to have problems. Now it's been a while since we've seen the Dolphins have a challenge like this as well, which could be like a culture shock to them. I think it might be a little shocking. Uh, like, oh, this is what a real team is. Like if you think of the last couple games, they had like the Bears, the Lions, the um, the Browns and the Texans. And it's like, okay, now we're getting a legit team and a legit defensive team as well. I just think it's going to be a little rough for them. They're on the road. I have the Niners winning. I I told I texted you earlier 27-17. I'm going to say 27-23. I think the the Dolphins will be able to keep it a little bit closer than that, but uh I'm I'm going to go 49ers as well. And then we can throw it all out because both guys are going to outthink each other and they're going to just throw it deep eight times in this game. Like Jimmy's going to attempt Two or three deep throws, or we're gonna be like, I don't know what's going on. And they're like, Oh, we tried to outsmart each other. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, they're gonna take the short stuff away, so let's throw it deep. It's like to his deep ball is like 34 and a half yards. <laughs> okay, man. Anything else? That's it. Okay, well, thanks so much for joining me, Clint. Uh, I'm sorry you locked your stuff in the closet. I mean, uh, in the <laughs> office. I hope you are able to get that out soon so you can. Uh, 
work or whatever you gotta do. <laughs> but um thanks everybody else for listening i hope you guys enjoyed if you haven't yet follow me on instagram that's when i show podcasts also follow me on youtube where i post uh uh videos sometimes and you know instant reactions to certain things um maybe i'll try to make an instant reaction on sunday i'm going to be in detroit we're going to the lions Jaguars game and then we're going to go to the Memphis Grizzly Detroit Piston game so we probably I won't if I have time in between maybe I'll do something real quick on on my phone or whatever but if not you know just follow the channel just because I'll post other (laughs) instant reactions and stuff so thanks so much for listening I hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you guys soon